tonight, partly cloudy with a low in the low to middle 60s. Friday, a partly sunny, windy, and very warm day with a high in Chicago in the upper 80s or the low 90s. At Midway Airport, it's 63 degrees. At the lakefront, 61. At O'Hare Field, 58. The humidity is 53%. The wind southeast, 6 miles per hour. Hi, I'm from the CCC. The CBS Radio Mystery Theater presents... E.G. Marshall. All the world loves a love story. Adventure is absorbing, mystery is marvelous, and suspense is superb. But of all the categories, give me first the tale of the old house, the creaking stairs, the wind that moans about the eaves like a human voice, and the jagged flashes of lightning that tantalizingly reveal only the suggestion of the shapeless white figure gliding through the driving rain. The ghost story. Such a one as I bring you now. I want my baby. It's her. The woman in the mirror. Help me. Help. We shouldn't have locked her away, Christopher. She's trying to tell us something. drama, Legacy of Guilt, was written especially for the Mystery Theater by Ian Martin and stars Roberta Maxwell. I'll be back shortly with Act One. The house is some 40 miles outside New York, perched on a bluff over the Hudson. An easy hour's commute. It is a perfect example of American Victorian, with fancy gingerbread moldings surrounded by a wide porch, the steep roof crowned by a useless tower room. It is rambling without being large, and stands in considerable disrepair, a situation that Tom and Angie Barr, two young New York actors who have just become parents as well as new householders, intend to repair. cut one of the shelves a smidge, so I'm backing it off with a wood rasp. I don't mean that. It's after dinner, and this is supposed to be your day of rest. Angie, Sunday's the only night off I get from the play. Exactly. So you ought to spend it with me, to say nothing of your son. Honey, I spent all day with you and the baby. That was a hardship? Oh, come on. You know it wasn't. Hey, what's the matter with you? Something wrong with uh, his nibs? No, he's fine. Sleeping like a... Uh, uh baby. <laughs> <laughs> what else? Oh, darling. <sighs> Angie. <sighs> Tom, darling, I don't care what you do with your spare time. You just have so little of it. But I do want you to relax. Mm, look at who's talking. You can't kid me anymore since I had the baby. It took Christopher to teach me how to slow down. 
This time off from the soap opera has been invaluable to me. Mm, this building and remodeling is good for me. It's uh, sort of therapy. It looks like hard, tiring work to me. But it isn't. It's a joy. It's a real challenge. Like uh, these shelves I'm building into these two alcoves. They're going to be wonderful. We've got crates of books, and the shelves balance the ones around the fireplace on the opposite wall. Now, that's just the point. Why does the wall stick out in the middle here a couple of feet? I thought we knew all about that. It's because the big kitchen fireplace backs up on this, and the stick-out part here is the chimney and the flue. That's what I thought at first, but look, what if it was a double flue, and behind this is a second living room fireplace? So? What if it is? Angie, can't you see? If the living room here had opposing fireplaces, how how it'd make a room uh, stunning instead of just plain marvelous. <laughs> I see what you mean. Hmm. But wouldn't it be a terrible amount of work? <laughs> I'm not suggesting we start tonight. Good. Because I want you to come up to the attic with me. I've been finding all sorts of interesting stuff up there. Hmm? Like what? Something that would please me and make me happy if it could be salvaged. An old mirror and vanity. I thought they might be just right in the bedroom. Mm, if there's anything connected with the bedroom I haven't provided so far, by all means. <laughs> you idiot. Uh, come on, darling. <laughs> let's have a look at your vanity in the attic. suppose what I found is ours. Didn't the house come as is? As far as I know. Well, it isn't all that great. I'll show you. Uh, see, there's a light somewhere. It's overhead, right in the middle. Half a sec. Uh. There. <coughs> oh, gesundheit. <laughs> Why, there's enough dust. I don't think anyone's been up here except me in the last 50 years. More like the last century. There's a sort of a little lost alcove over here between the eaves and the chimney wall. The stuff's in here. Uh, uh, shall I drag it out? Would you mind? Oh. Uh, uh, here's your vanity thing. Ooh, heavier than it looks. Gesundheit! <laughs> Turn about is fair play. Still, maybe uh, some tortured spirit from the past is trying to tell us something. What? <laughs> Amidst the dust of ages, from out the grave I cry, open not the pages, let sleeping vanities lie. What's that from? <laughs> made it up myself. <laughs> okay, I lugged out your dressing hmm? table. Does it still grab you? You know what it is? That's mahogany inlaid with rosewood. And look at that marvelous three-quarter length oval mirror. Uh, what about the rest of the junk in here? I don't think it's anything we'd want. Except maybe the trunk. Hmm? What's in there? I don't know. I didn't know if I should open it. Or could. Oh, let's have a look. <gasps> oh, my. What is it? Faded old baby clothes. Oh, aren't they sweet? All handmade. <gasps> and? Well, they've never been used. Any of them. At least, I'm pretty sure not. 
Anything we can use for Christopher? No. They're practically disintegrating. They must be a hundred years old. Anyway, I, I don't want Christopher in any hand-me-downs. Oh, honey, I was only kidding. Oh, look at this. What? An old photograph. Isn't she beautiful? Let me see. Yeah, she is. <laughs> you know why? What do you mean? She looks a lot like you. You see it? She does. Sort of. Only I'm not that pretty. Oh, don't you ever believe it. She looks awful sad, though. Her eyes are kind of... haunted. Mm-hmm. Gives you a shivery feeling. I wonder what got her so uptight. Maybe these clothes were for her baby. And she lost it or something. So, uh... What do I do about this dressing table? Oh, just leave it till we know if it's ours to use. Yeah, check into it first thing tomorrow morning. What a racket! It's a wonder I ever got the little king off for his nap. <laughs> I'm sorry, Angie. I just wanted to get this last shelf up before I get back to my uh, other profession. <laughs> I came down to remind you it's time to get showered, shaved, fed, and off for the theater. Okay. Uh, just one last thing before I go. What? Uh, stand back. I can't resist this. <laughs> Are you crazy? What are you doing? Just uh, proving I'm right. Ah, there, you see, there is a fireplace behind here. Okay, you convinced me. But did you have to make all this mess? I just had to convince myself. Leaving me to clean up. Well, I'll do it. You haven't time. Oh, darling, I'm sorry. Don't be. I'd work my fingers to the bone for this house. I love it. Are you sure? You know, it's going to be a tough commute once you're back on the TV series again. You working days, me nights at the theater... We'll be lucky to meet each other coming and going. It won't always be like that. And it's worth it. This is all I ever wanted. Oh, by the way, who was on the phone? Huh? Oh, 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 uh, that was uh, Marge from Copley Realty. She got in touch with Mr. Kiever. Who? McChesney Kiever, the old boy who owned this house before we bought it. Says he doesn't know anything about the things we found in the attic, and we're welcome to him. That's wonderful. Mm. Now, you want to uh, lug your famous vanity down to the bedroom before I go clean up? Doesn't it look magnificent? There's no question. It's a handsome piece of furniture in its way. I know it's old-fashioned and Victorian, Tom. But that's its charm. It fits the room. It just sits there by the wall as though it belonged there. If you like it, I like it. And I really do, anyway. It's uh, an unexpected bonanza. Hey, I can't hang around here admiring it. I'm going to miss half hour tonight. Go on and have your shower. What are you going to do? Oh, just take a sponge and clean up the mirror a bit. Why don't you do it tomorrow instead? You look tired. Oh, I have it away. Don't know what it is. Although your son and heir did keep me up quite a bit last night. Well, maybe he's uh, having a tooth. Four and a half weeks? Idiot. <laughs> Go shave. Okay, okay. Hmm. Okay, old mirror. Let's see what a little elbow grease and 
soap can do. Come on. You've got to do better than that. It's like looking at someone underwater. Come clean. That's better. That. Oh, no. That's not me. That's... Uh, who are you? Who do you want? Who? The uh, reflection. It's, it's not very good, sort of wavy, but well. But who is it? Who is it? Well, you, darling, of course. Well, no, no, it's not me. Can't you see? It's her. Her? Who, who's her? The girl. The girl in the old faded photograph. The one in the trunk. What's the matter with you? Can't you recognize her? Angie, Angie, here, here. Now, come away from that for a minute. No, I can't. Don't you see? She's trying to say something to me. Lie down for a while. Here, let me hold you. Don't make me leave here. She's counting on me. Just rest for a moment. You've got nothing to worry about. All right. If you'll just, just do one thing. What? Look in the mirror again. What? Well, sure. If it'll make you feel better. What do you see? Well, nothing but my own reflection, half-shaved, with uh, soap sticking to my face. I don't believe you. Let me look. All right. What do you see? Angie, what do you see? Nothing. What? But my own reflection. But a moment ago, I... Oh, Tom, what's the matter with me? Am I going out of my mind? What is the answer to Angie's question? The only thing one can see in a mirror is a reflection. But supposing, just supposing... You looked in a mirror and found a totally different person staring back at you. Someone who must have been dead long ago. Would your reaction have been so different from Angie Barr's? I shall return shortly with Act Two. WBBM Chicago. quiet bedroom, Tom sits holding Angie's hand. She lies in the bed, immobile, perhaps asleep. Tom's eyes are gloomy and brooding, his gaze fixed on the mirror on the vanity, his brow crinkled with concern. Now Angie opens her eyes. Tom? Yes, Angie? Forgive me. I don't know what got into me. Neither do I. That's what worries me. It is crazy, isn't it? 
guess it was the trunk full of the baby clothes. Stored away and never used. That kind of hit me. I mean, supposing anything had happened to Christopher, I'd... I'd have had the same collection in my... Oh, Angie, stop it. Don't think that way. Thank the Lord we don't have to. But I do understand the way that poor girl must have felt. Honey, we don't even know if it was her baby. Or even if she had one in the first place. (laughs) Hey, look at the time. I've got to get you some dinner and get you on the train for New York. Uh, I'm not going to the theater tonight. What do you mean you're not going? You've got to. It's in your contract. Well, the standby can go on. I'm calling in sick. I can't leave you alone up here, Angie. Not... Not after what happened. I'll be all right. Honest, Tom. Look, I'll prove it. I'm looking in the mirror, and what do I see? Me. That's all. And I look like something the cat dragged him. One good reason I'm not leaving you. You can't be alone. I'm not alone. I've got Christopher. Suppose you had another wing ding who'll take care of him. All right. I'll get someone over here to be with me. Marge or someone. But I can't let you miss a performance because of me. Please, Tom. I'd never forgive myself. Okay. Just so long as there's someone here with you. Oh, isn't he a killer? Hey there, Tiger. Say hello to your Andy Marge. What is this kid weigh? Eight pounds, 12 and three-quarter ounces. Oh, you better call the Giants. They could draft him for defensive tackle. (laughs) He's not going to be a football player. Come on, Marge. Give him to me. It's his bedtime. Oh, this man is raring to go. He's not going to sleep. He will once we leave. I want to take a gander at this famous mirror in the vanity. I um, think maybe I don't want to be around it anymore tonight. Oh, okay. Skip it. But, uh, you know, as the realtor who sold you this house, I feel responsible. Well, just because I had a sudden attack of the crazies? I don't know what got into me. Oh, neither do I. Oh, that is a beauty. Any idea of what this thing's worth? I didn't think about that. I just had an urge to bring it down here into the bedroom. Mm. Of course, the mirror's pretty well shot, but you can have that replaced. (laughs) I don't wonder you saw visions in it. It's like looking down a well. It's not that bad. Just a couple of spots where the backing is worn off. Oh, and the ripple effect. Phew. I know I'm no beauty, but I get a load of that rattled old bag that's staring back at me. Let's see what it does for you. Go on, go ahead. Sit down. I'm, uh, not so anxious to look in it. You might as well. You're used to the fact that it makes everybody look like someone else, more or less. Oh, that is a pretty one. My face I'm known. looking at. Just as good as you What's she trying to say to me? And that it wouldn't Why does she reach out her arm? Angie? Angie, what happened to you? Where'd you go? Uh nothing. I uh I'm right here. You you saw her again. Saw who? The woman in the mirror. Yes, Marge. I... I saw her. Now, listen to me. You just thought you saw her. You couldn't have. 
I was right here looking into the mirror, and I didn't see anything but you. Just the same. She was there. But she couldn't be. I didn't see her. You say Tom didn't. But I saw her. If she is a real person... I never said she was real. You mean she... She's a ghost? Oh, come off it, Angie. There's no such thing. If there isn't, it means I'm hallucinating. Either there's a ghost that lives in that mirror and is trying to tell me something, or... I'm just plain crazy. Oh, of course you aren't. But maybe... Well, you know, having the kid moving, worried about your career, you just got uh, nervous. Oh, I wish there was some way I could help, but you've got to see your doctor for this, Angie. I have an appointment with him tomorrow. Good. I, I wish there was something I could do. You can help me, March. How? You sold us this house. Well, if I'd had any idea I'm that not the... blaming you. I just want to... Do you think you could arrange for me to meet the old gentleman who owned it? Oh, honey, I never even met him myself. It was all done through lawyers. Can I meet the lawyer so I can get around to seeing him? Well, what do you want to see him for? I want to ask him about this vanity and the mirror and the trunk with some baby clothes and who it is in the picture I have. Angie, you didn't have to wait up for... Oh, I'm sorry, Marge. I uh, saw the light here in the living room. I thought it was Angie. Oh, she just went upstairs a minute. Your son and heir was kicking up a storm. Well, I didn't mean for you to stay so late with Angie. Oh, I would not have left that beautiful wife of yours for anything till you got home. Why? Did, uh, did something happen? Oh, it sure did. She thought she saw something in that mirror again. How do you know? Well, I was in the room as she was putting Chris down for the night, and... Like a fool, I wanted to have a close look at the piece of furniture. I said something about the mirror being so decrepit. Anyone would look a fright in it. But you know me, that wasn't enough hangnail psychology. I calmed her into sitting down and looking at herself in it, just to show it was a plain, ordinary mirror. And before you knew it, she was off on some kind of a trip. You said she saw something in it? Yeah, the, the same woman. Tom... You've got to make sure that that girl of yours gets to the doctor. Uh, she has an appointment with him in the morning. Uh, I was going to babysit while she went. No, look, I'll be glad to babysit for you, Tom. You just make sure she tells the doctor about this fantasy of hers or whatever it is. And this reflection in the mirror or this woman who seems to appear isn't anyone you know. No, Doctor. Well, that is, in a way. I mean, she looks like me, sort of. And also like the picture of the woman Angie found in an old trunk in the attic. Uh, the one with all the unused baby clothes. Yes. What do you think it could be, Doctor? Well, instead of that, let me tell you what I think it isn't. What's that? You're a relatively new patient for me, Mrs. Barr, but all the records I've received on you from Dr. Frazier, they indicate that you're a healthy, well-balanced young woman. But you are an actress. And you have just had a baby. I don't see what that's got to do with it. I think I do. This mysterious visitor has appeared twice. Once right after you'd found the old trunk full of baby clothes and the picture of a woman who, I must say, does look remarkably like you. 
very beautiful woman, I might add. Mm, has to be, if she looks like Angie. I agree. Now, Mrs. Barr, you say yourself that you immediately leaped to the conclusion that the woman in the picture was a mother who'd lost her baby. Doesn't it seem logical? It could also be logical that this was a woman who couldn't have the baby she wanted, or who had lost her husband before she could, or who lost her life before she could give birth, or... Well, there are many possibilities. The only important thing is that, as an actress, you were sensitive enough to fantasize immediately. You dreamed you saw her. You said you were tired and sleepy at the time. I wasn't tired when I saw her the second time. But you just put your baby to sleep. And unconsciously, this woman was again strongly in the back of your mind. I'm not going to speculate anymore. All I can tell you is that, in my opinion, you're in the pink of good health. And I'd make one simple recommendation. What's that, Doctor? Get rid of the old vanity, Mr. Barr. And with that, I'm sure you'll get rid of your wife's hallucinations also. theater? Yeah, yeah, it's intermission. Uh, I was worrying about you, so I just thought I'd call. Uh, what are you doing? I just finished feeding the baby, and I was putting him to bed. Uh, everything okay? Uh, I mean... Tom, we took the vanity back up to the attic, even though I felt kind of silly about it. So what could be wrong? Well, I don't know. I'm perfectly all right. I hope. Just wish I'd gotten a nurse for the baby so there'd be someone with you. Cheer up. She comes next Monday. I promise you I'll make out till then. Yeah, well, oh, hang, they're calling places. Uh, Angie, uh, don't stay up for me. <sighs> I won't. As soon as I get Chris off, I'm going to bed myself. And stop worrying about me. I'll try. Angie? Yes? I love you. And I love you. jealous because I said I loved another man? You know Mommy loves you just as much. She knows just how wonderful you are and how much you mean to her. Don't cry, honey. Mommy has you safe in her arms. What's that? It sounded as though someone cried out. Where's the 
for. Wait. She turned around. Whatever she has seen in the mirror, Angie, clutching her child to her with one hand, has lunged forward and spun the glass towards the wall so violently that the mirror shatters into a thousand shimmering pieces. Like a wild animal, Angie rushes headlong down the stairs from the attic to lock herself and her baby in her bedroom. I shall return shortly with Act Three. had this twisting of unease below his stomach. Most of us have felt this premonition at one time or another about someone we love, this kinetic feeling that can only be explained by ESP, or simple hunch. From the train, he has hurried to his car, driven to the house recklessly, calmed at the last moment by its quiet exterior as he turns into the drive, with only one light shining from the bedroom. Reassured, he parks the car and walks upstairs to the bedroom door. Oh, Tom, I'm so glad to see you home, darling. Oh, it's all right, Angie. Hey, you're trembling all over. What is it? It's my fault. What? What is? It happened... It happened just after you called me. I just... I just hung up when... Okay. Okay, darling. Oh, Tom, I'm so sorry. I didn't want this to happen. What the hell? After I hung up, I went to talk to Christopher a moment. And suddenly I heard someone. Kind of far off, calling for help. I picked up the baby and went to the attic door to listen. Because it didn't seem like it was coming from outside. When I opened the attic door, it was louder. Are you crazy? You thought someone was inside the house and you... Who did you think it was? I didn't have to think. I knew it was her. Oh, no. I wasn't afraid then. I was only sorry for her. I mean, her voice was so sad and desperate. So I... I went up to the attic. For heaven's sake, why? I don't know, darling. I can't explain it. I could hear the voice, and it was echoey and, and strange. And sometimes I felt as if it was even coming from inside me. But I had to go. I had to respond to her call for help. You must have been out of your mind carrying the baby. I couldn't leave him alone. And I never thought. I I never dreamed what could happen. Even after I... I saw her, I... You saw her? Where? In the mirror. When I turned on the attic light. It was... It was like looking through a window into someone else's house. Only it wasn't. It was this house, our bedrooms, as though I was the one in the mirror and looking through from where the vanity was. Darling Angie, don't try to go through she it now. Was, she was coming through the door, just as you did now, and as if she'd been searching the house. She was crying crying out for someone to help her find her child. I wanted to help. 
Only suddenly... Suddenly what? She saw me with the baby in my arms. And she rushed towards me, getting bigger and bigger, till I knew she was going to burst right through the frame. And I thought, she's going to take my baby. And I took the mirror, and I turned it swivel to make the glass face the wall, and I I guess there wasn't room, so it... It smashed, and the mirror flew everywhere. Hush, hush, Angie. It's all right. I'm here now. What are we going to do? Well, well, we'll talk about that tomorrow. One thing for sure. We are going to get out of this house. I don't think I'll ever feel safe again, Tom. Unless whoever she is finds her lost baby. What are you doing? Oh, indulging in some emotional therapy, I guess. Anyway, since we'll have to sell a house, I've got to fix up this wall I broke through to the fireplace. I don't want to move, Tom. This is our house. Why should we be chased out of it? Well, I should think you could answer that easier than me, Angie. I can't help what I saw last night. What I heard. I didn't say you could. I'm not going to be driven out of my house. I won't let it happen. This is a problem that's got to be solved right here. Oh, uh, by the way, Marge called. What does she want? Oh, something about McChesney Kiever. You know, the old boy who owned the house before we bought it. She said he was anxious to talk to us. Well, to you. Did you, uh, ask her to contact him? Yes, I did. Why? Because he's my only hope to establish that there really is a ghost in this house. And perhaps give us a clue how she can be exorcised. Tom, uh, this is Mr. Kiever. How kind of you to come. Mr. Kiever? Under the circumstances, there was little else I could do. Look, uh, why don't I leave you three together, huh? Go up and spend some time with Christopher. Would you, Marge? You're a lifesaver. <laughs> don't ask to see my badge. I failed Girl Scouts. Won't you sit down, Mr. Kiever? No, I think perhaps I'd rather stand... Ah, see so you're breaking through that wall there. Yeah, yeah, I um, thought there had to be a fireplace behind there. Oh, no, please don't apologize. Any apologies in this room must come from me. You're perfectly right, of course, there is a fireplace. But you haven't opened it all the way yet. Well, matter of fact, having a... Satisfied myself, my guess was right. I've been considering closing it up again. Ah, I see. Well, we shall leave that decision until I finish my confession. Confession? Whether the facts are proven true or not. For what Mrs. James has told me, since the discovery of the old vanity, you've been plagued by a series of inexplicable events. I'm ashamed to say I realize that I have visited upon you a legacy of guilt. I do wish you would sit down, Mr. Kiever. In due time, my dear. I'll try to make this as brief as possible. It's painful to me. My father was H. Haverford Kiever, a moving spirit in these parts. 
I was born, I always thought, in this house in 1895. I'm 84. Can I get you something to drink, sir? Um, some tea? Some water? No, 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 no. Let me finish. Uh, my father was something of a philanderer. <laughs> Dear me, that that sounds impossibly old-fashioned. But all those years ago, it was neither simple nor funny. Fortunately, he was rich. So, having got a certain young woman in trouble, when it became no longer possible to conceal her problem, he arranged to have her, what shall I say, um, domiciled nearby in his summer house. This house. That was the lovely young woman in the picture I found? By no means. That picture was of the woman I grew up believing was my mother. But she wasn't? Uh, Bear with me. Alexandra, for that was my father's wife's name, was pregnant at the same time as my father's mistress. But when the moment came for both of them to deliver... The mistress delivered first, the wife second, with only one difference. The first baby was alive and healthy. The second lost not only its own life, but the mother's as well. I don't understand which was which. That was the legacy of guilt. You see, I grew up believing that my mother died in childbirth and that the woman my father married after a decent interval was my foster mother. But she was actually your real mother? Yes. But how? What happened to the baby who was stillborn? I have only my father's word for that. I've never wanted to test if it really was the truth. It didn't seem to matter anymore. What do you mean... Your father's word. After his death, when the estate was finally settled, I was handed a letter that my father had left for me. I destroyed it after I read it, but I remember very clearly how it began. My dear and only son, I have lived with a lie all my life. And even now, confession comes hard to me. I bear a terrible guilt that I was responsible for destroying your relationship with your mother. There is no way I can make amends. This is only a selfish attempt to clear my own soul. I don't understand. I grew up believing that I had been responsible for my mother's death. And I resented my father's wife for pretending to be my mother, not knowing that she really was. Do you understand now? You were substituted for the child that died. Correct. But what happened to the dead baby? It was too late for it to become a matter of record. It had to be disposed of. How? 
I must admit that after reading my father's letter, I put it out of my mind. You see, it didn't matter anymore. I wasn't even sure if I believed any of it. Of course, there was always an easy way to prove it. But somehow it didn't seem worth the effort. What was it, sir? Life is so frequently more bizarre and unreal than any story. You see... There's a problem in opposing fireplaces. If one flue draws better than the other, a room can quickly be filled by smoke. At the time I was born, my father was in the process of walling up one of the fireplaces in this room. There was a small and tiny corpse to be disposed of. Where better than a hearth that was about to cease to exist also. Oh, murder. No, 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 no. Not that. I, I just meant that... Now that it's all out in the open, why don't we make sure? Uh, no, uh, let me... It won't take a moment to knock out the rest of the bricks. So that's why she haunts this house. She's looking for her lost baby. I can't answer that, my dear. But it seemed to me imperative that you know the whole story. I would never have sold you the house if I'd known it was haunted. Then you believe with me it is? Yesterday I would have scoffed at that. Today I... Oh, my Lord. What is it? Look for yourselves. Uh, a skeleton. It's so tiny. But big enough to bring the truth to light at last. Okay? I have it. Put it down. All right. Now you drop your end first. That's it. There. Back where it belongs. Oh, I don't know how you talk me into these things. <laughs> Why would you want the vanity back down here? I just said it. Because it's where it belongs. Without a mirror? We'll replace that. Oh, that poor old man. Huh? Mr. Kiever. Oh, yeah. I'll never forget his face when he went to touch that little skeleton. And it just powdered to dust. Hmm. It was almost as if his whole life ended in that moment. Hey, Angie, what are you doing? Looking in the one piece of the old mirror that's left. You know what it really shows? What? Me, happy, fulfilled, with my own baby to hold in my arms any time I reach for him. Just as that poor ghost I saw, or dreamed I saw has hers to comfort her in eternity. We can forget the past. All we have to look forward to is what life is all about. The future. So the ghost is laid to rest. A tiny ghost, never even born. But one who has perhaps found immortality in the arms of a mother who gave her own life to bear him. 
the past is buried, the legacy of guilt wiped out, and Tom and Angie Barr can once again look ahead to their marriage promise with as much hope as anyone else can to live happily ever afterwards. Maybe we're all too emotional. We didn't have any flashes of lightning or driving rain, but it was a ghost story all the same. A true ghost story. Because if you don't believe in spirits and beasties and all those other things that are accused of haunting our waking dreams, how do you account for what Angie saw in that fateful mirror? One parting thought. How safe will you feel the next time you look in yours? Our cast included Roberta Maxwell, Russell Horton, and Bryna Rayburn. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. And now, a preview of our next tale. She thinks that you are her son. And if she thought otherwise, there is no telling how she would react. You will come home with me now, and we will all have dinner. And tonight, when Dorothy has gone to bed and is asleep... You and I will discuss a few matters. Such as? Such as what you have done with my real son, Robert. Is that a simple request, Professor Melville, or an order? Perhaps this will persuade you. The... Mr. Melville, put that revolver back in your pocket. You can't kill me. A bullet has no effect on this body whatsoever. You cannot threaten me with death. I do not die. I'll return with you to your house, and as you say, later tonight, we shall have a little talk. This is E.G. Marshall inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, pleasant dreams.